1: Hey, it's Monique, welcome back to the podcast or welcome if this is your first time listening. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast, episode 196. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. I also love to chat about overall wellness topics like money and mental health and vegan entrepreneurship because I feel like veganism, of course, is so much more than food. It truly is a lifestyle. Be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and YouTube. I'm Brown Vegan on both of those platforms. So, yes, I hope you're having an amazing day. I am so excited to bring the conversation that I have for you. Today, because I feel like it covers so many of the things I've been wanting to talk about. And it was just amazing to hear more about Brooklyn's story. So Brooklyn, who is also known as Beats by Brooke on Instagram, is a medical student. And on Instagram, she shares her life as a plant-based future doctor. She's a medical student right now. She talks a lot about food security, health and wellness, size inclusivity, In my conversation with Brooklyn, we talk about her vegan journey, her beliefs when it comes to anti-diet culture, intuitive eating, being a content creator on a busy schedule, mental health in a black community and the benefits over risk when it comes to antidepressants. This was definitely my favorite part of our chat. And finally, we talk about medical inequality and her desire to bring nutrition and preventative medicine to the forefront of her work. As always, you can find the show notes and everything we mentioned in this episode at brownvegan.com. And also go check out Brooke's Instagram. It's Beats by Brooke. Before we get into the conversation, I want to do something I haven't done in a while. And that is to shout out one of our listener reviews. If you are enjoying the podcast, be sure to go to Apple Podcasts, search Brown Vegan. Scroll down and leave a five star review and let me know what you're enjoying about the show so I can make sure that I bring more of that to you. So in this week's episode, I have Jalisa 1010 and her title is Such an Awesome Show. This podcast has been such a support for my vegan journey. Knowing that a black woman was on the same lifestyle reassured me that I can do it, too. Thank you, Monique, for all your amazing interviews, guests, perspective and more. Yes, thank you so much for that. Like I said, definitely leave a review. It's an easy way to support the show. It allows other people to find us. And of course, it's free. So definitely go do that. And so yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation with Brooklyn. So the first thing I want to know, Brooke, is how are you doing?
2: You know, girl, I'm doing all right. I got some big medical school stuff coming up that has me a little stressed, but all in all on baseline, you know, so much to look forward to, so much to be grateful for. So just trying to push through this next hurdle, but otherwise I'm doing
1: good. How are you? I'm good, girl. Trying to hang in there. This is actually the last couple of weeks of June, of course, as you know, but Mm -hmm. the listeners don't know this, that I'm actually recording all the episodes up until October so oh, I'm like wow. at the home yeah <laughs> I'm at the home <laughs> stretch so it feels good because I'm gonna I wanted to have the summer off you know where I'm not uh, recording yeah, you're
2: looking out for yourself I get you
1: yeah so I can have like some time to recharge so I'm actually feeling really good I'm like tired but I'm also feeling good
2: <laughs> yeah no future year is going to think definitely thank you for this time you know
1: absolutely insane for you oh my goodness like being in Oof. medical school how much longer do you have
2: So basically a year from now, your girl will be graduated. I'll have my MD. It is just surreal to think about. So yeah, so basically one more year. The next hurdles is that we have a big, there's like three main big exams. We have one really big one coming up and then applying to residency. But praying that once October rolls around, things should pretty much be smooth sailing up until the end. And so I'm just looking forward to that time
1: man, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be so worth it. You're going to make such a huge difference in this space in public health. So I'm excited to, yeah, to continue to see everything. So you got to tell us your story as far as why you decided to become a vegan in the first place.
2: Oh yeah. So I feel like, you know, Started a little bit classic. Well, basically in middle school, I kind of heard the idea of what a vegetarian was. And honestly, I feel like I was just kind of curious. Maybe I was kind of stubborn, just wanted to see if I could do it. I don't know. But that's basically <laughs> when I decided to just slowly cut it out. And I think there also was this moment where I was like, okay, I kind of made the you know the connection about I was eating with animals. And as a kid, you know, like most kids, I loved animals. And so I was like, you know what? Like, this isn't adding up. Let me try it. And then just over time, I just remember feeling really good. And honestly, I feel like I kind of like being a part of something. It felt really purposeful. And then, so that was in middle school. And then once high school came around, you know, basically... I honestly had developed a little, very much like restrictive eating. I've, you know, kind of just a lot of like body issues and becoming vegan was kind of a way for me to just like see food in a different and more nourishing way than I had before. And so kind of classic, I stayed up one night and just happened to fall into one documentary, which led me to another documentary. (laughs) And then it really was, you know, both the compassionate side, but also, you know that curiosity, that frustration of realizing that as a healthcare community, we knew so much about food, but it wasn't being really talked about or prioritized. And so in that moment, I was like, okay, I think being vegan is really what lines with my morals. And it's also what got me intrigued, honestly, to go to medicine. I remember seeing the people talking about you know, people who were doctors, people in the healthcare career, bringing up this issue and stuff like that. And it definitely was one of those moments when I was like, hmm, like, maybe that'll be me one day.
1: Interesting that you decided, made that connection at such a young age. And I think it's also interesting that you saw food, as far as veganism, the opposite of like a lot of people who have disorder eating find Mm -hmm. veganism appealing because they like the idea of restriction and they kind of use that as a cover. So I like that Mm -hmm. it was opposite for you. You saw like the nourishing part of it. Yeah. And I, I will say, I will
2: say this is kind of the beginning of the journey. I feel like At first, that was a mindset, and then I definitely for a while kind of slipped into that kind of orthorexia kind of concept Mm -hmm. of being so focused about quote-unquote healthy eating that it did start kind of inhibiting my life. But luckily, you know, I was able to recognize that soon enough. In the last few years, I've really been I'm learning a lot of that. And so I think for me, kind of a both sides of the coin. And that's one of the reasons why I feel so passionate about my page and what I plan to do is because I realize so many voices in that Plant based space are very privileged, you know, don't have to deal with disordered eating or mental health things. And so it was always kind of all or nothing. It was like you were whole food, plant based, or literally people would call like processed vegan food like zombie food. And so it was like exactly. such, oh, yeah. Oh, and I was like, when I looking back, I was like, that just is not conducive unless. You know, your brain just happened to work that way, which I feel like a lot of people don't. And so once I kind of got out of that, you know, kind of break broke free a little bit, I realized that there is such a place for just like, you know, embracing all the complexities of what it means to live and eat healthy, because it's not straightforward as just knowing the information and then doing it, you know?
1: Yeah, because a lot of us know the information, but exactly. it's a whole nother exactly. thing to, you know, implement that. And it's you got me thinking about just recently happened, which is why I'm thinking about it, because it relates to what you're saying. I'm back on YouTube and I was on wasn't on YouTube for a long time. I would mm-hmm. say consistently I haven't been there in three years. And so, Brooke, I pl- posted a video. I made some smoothies and someone left a comment saying you're big for a vegan.
2: Girl, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I. I.
0: Uh...
1: My yeah. whole journey has basi- basically been all lies. So people love to like and Of course, I'm, I'm just so thankful at this point in my life that I don't take that stuff personal mm-hmm. because I know who my content is for. I'm trying to yeah. help people who don't yeah. even who aren't vegan at all. But it's just it's just unfortunate that I feel like a lot of us don't put ourselves out there because we're afraid of that type of rejection yeah. because we don't meet what people think you're supposed to look like.
2: Absolutely. And it just furthers this like unrealistic stereotype. And honestly, just like pushes people away if they, you know, don't either don't have the genetics or don't have the, you know, resources or like, you know, pick your poison. There's so many different reasons for us not to look the same. And so it's just kind of like, it's gonna make people feel discouraged. And so like, when you post stuff like that, showing people that there's a spectrum of ways to live, like healthy living does not look the same way for everyone, and it's just like unfortunate that people are still in that mindset and just still have so much to learn and unlearn. And I'm sorry that happened to you.
1: No, oh, girl, I'm good. I promise, I'm good. You know <laughs> when I, and I'm just so thankful that I'm good. You know that's how I. That's Absolutely. what I took from it. And you know how it is. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I truly believe this that a lot of times people they're like you can't. If, what did um, Brienne? What is it? Bri is her name? Brienne Brown? Brennan? What's her name? anyway she says if you're not I know right I, I'll put in the show notes but she said if you're not in the arena you can't you can't judge what I'm doing you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying and, and like you're not even doing anything I go to your page of course there's no picture of course mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. you it's like cool when you don't I don't internalize it but I think it just went along with what we were saying is that it's just body image is just man with social media and everything mm-hmm. it's just like Man, it can be something. So I know that you are definitely anti-fat diet and, mm-hmm. and you just kind of slam a diet culture, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. I actually feel like that's how I discovered you over what really? a year and a half ago. I think that's, that's why. Awesome. Yeah. Because of that. So let's yeah, share your views on of course I know why, but just <laughs> share. Like, yeah, I, like I it mean, <laughs>
2: you know, it's something I've become really passionate about. And honestly, from even a healthcare perspective, like it's made me more and more into it because honestly, because the way I see it is that a a business is successful if they can keep having customers come back for more. And that's exactly what the diet industry is. If diets worked, there would not be so many of them. There wouldn't be this many people, quote unquote, failing them, because maybe they're not like they're not designed to work. And guess what? Like, people and companies benefit from them not working from us feeling insecure about our bodies. And so not only that, but they're linked to, you know, trigger warning, but like, I was just in an eating disorders unit. And like one of the, Questions on the scale to figure out if someone's like has a risk factor for for eating disorder is like excessive dieting. Like it's literally a like a risk factor towards eating disorders and disordered eating. You know, one of my favorite quotes too is that like the most likely predictor of weight gain is dieting because we know that our brains don't work like that. You can't just take something like food or exercise that impacts every part of someone's life. And then all of a sudden turn it on its head and expect someone to just continue living that way. Like that's not how we're designed. And when you restrict things both physically and mentally, you know, our bodies crave them more and more because now they become this like, you know, unattainable gem. And so we are really, you know, causing the very things that diets seem to be trying to quote unquote fix. And in mm. the meantime, you know, you get people that have the privileges to access certain things, you know, pay for chefs, have the genetic predisp- predisposition, oh my goodness, sorry, y'all, <laughs> to, you know, look a certain way. And if we don't match that, it's just kind of like, oh, well, somehow it's your fault, even though it's yes. so multifactorial. And so my biggest thing is that, yeah, it puts fault on people for things that are absolutely not their fault, You know, this idea of like somehow if you lose weight, you have willpower. And if you don't, you don't. Like that's not true. And again, like there's access, there's privilege, there's financial, there's mental health side effects. Mm. And so, yeah, it's one of those things where it not only hurts people and like their minds, but it also doesn't work. So A plus B, why would we be <laughs> encouraging these things? And like we have in literature, like this has been studied, right? Because everyone in healthcare is so panicky all the time about weight loss because, you know, that's just what we've decided as like a public health mission is just like constantly point our fingers at that, that we're like losing sight of, you know, science logic where like over 95% of people who diet like gain the weight back. Like, if we had a drug that only worked 5% of the time, like, we would never give that to anyone, you know? Right. Yeah. And so, so it's just one of those things where it doesn't work. It makes people gain weight, which is, like, the exact thing we're trying to get them not to do. And then at the end of the day, it's like, none of them are personalized. I think as I move through my journey through learning about anti-diet, through becoming a doctor... The more personalized you can have care, the better. And when you have these five diets that are just one thing for everyone, it is set up to not work. And again, it's going to make people waste their time, waste their energy, waste their money, and then they're back to the beginning. And so that is why I'm very anti-diet because, I mean, everyone just loses except for the diet industry, except for the people who are selling you products. Everyone else loses.
1: Mm, Ain't that the truth. So you got to tell us, like, what is a what are some of the things that you really enjoy eating? Because I feel like just based on everything I know about you, you're definitely someone who is enjoying food. You are really just enjoying <laughs> things that taste good, that look good, and it's all over the place. And I love that. I love that so much, and that's how I view it as well. So, what are some of your your go to meals as someone who is incredibly busy?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I kind of just want to start with a quote kind of related to the anti-diet. During my time in the enosaur unit, you know, I was told to read A Life Without Ed, and I did a post about this recently, but it said, the food was delicious, but the freedom tasted better than anything. And oh, it's one of those things when you can take a step back from diet culture, when you can regain your love of food and how it ties to you, you know, emotionally, culturally, just life is so much more enjoyable and I can't emphasize that enough. I look back and see how far I've come and unlearning so many diet culture things. And I just, I can't believe I spent so much of my time and energy just not enjoying myself. Like there's so much in life to already be stressed about. Like why would we add something that again is profiting company so anyway so my favorite foods recently i've been loving i get like a vegan either ravioli or tortellini and what i do is take basically any vegetables i happen to have and saute that put that in a pasta sauce and i don't know i think the sweet peppers really add to the aroma of it But it just hits the spot, girl. It literally just feels like my (laughs) intestines are just being hugged. So I love that. Definitely my go-to whenever I (laughs) I feel like talk to someone on a podcast is I love talking about chili because there's such a spectrum depending on how much, like, how nutrient-dense you want it, you know. You can throw in some lentils, some kale, some, like, sweet potatoes, which I know for some people probably just sounds like a soup. But trust me, like, you can just (laughs) add that to whatever you already eat. And then you can like have chili mac, you can have chili with a side of like brown rice and broccoli, like you can put it on sweet potato, like a regular potato, like so chili is like my go to and plus you can freeze it really, really easily too. Yeah. and so that's like a big old batch and so I always think about what's gonna reheat well especially if I'm in the hospital because not everything tastes good reheated okay and like mm-hmm. I'm big on texture some other things I mean uh, I know it's boring I usually do oatmeals in the morning I mean again a lot of times you need to have a system but for me and kind of being mindful there's a theory called or like a practice called intuitive eating which I dug into I started becoming certified and still need to kind of go back and brush on I've been a little <laughs> a little pause with medical school but it's really paying attention to like how you feel and what like you are truly craving because as kids we do this naturally but with all the, like the external forces we lose this ability and so for me I found that like having oatmeal in the morning even though like it's always the most exciting thing maybe not but it always makes me just start the day with like whole grains and like fruit and it just feels so good And if I don't have it I just feel out of whack (laughs) so it's like a really good start to the day I usually do that with like frozen berries chia seeds and then either like a nut butter or some like pumpkin seeds and that usually really hits a spot in the morning so those are are some of my go-tos
1: I love it yeah it's very practical too you, I want to go and talk about the fact that you mentioned the mental health and also access can be a reason for a lot of people not eating as well as they can. Well, or, or mm-hmm. not as well as they can, but as well as they would like to. I guess it was what, a couple of months ago, you posted about taking antidepressants and how that mm-hmm. changed your life. And I'm telling you, Brooke. Brooke. <laughs> I felt that with every fiber of my body. When you said that, I was like, oh my goodness, because i finally have somebody that I can talk to about this. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk to another black woman about this because the truth of the matter is I have, I have struggled with my mental illness, like depression Mm -hmm. and anxiety my entire Mm -hmm. life. And it wasn't until last October, 2021 that I decided to finally start to take action on it. And it has changed my entire Mm -hmm. life for the better. And, and, I, and I, I just didn't couldn't figure out a way to talk about it responsibly on the show mm-hmm. because I don't want to just like oh, pushing pills on people. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: I feel like a lot of us would benefit from it. Yeah, <laughs> no. And I, tell, know, us, first, tell us. Yeah,
2: go ahead. Yeah, first of all, thank you for sharing that. It's kind of cute because I started kind of not too far from then. So I feel like we're kind of buddies on this journey unofficially. Hey. Oh, <laughs> <okay, laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but no, I think, yeah. So, and it's one of those things where like me... The idea, I think it's a very natural thing to be hesitant on uh, taking a medication for something you can't see externally or physically, you know, if you have like a wound that's gushing out, like taking antibiotics, like, I think it just clicks more, but people just really need to understand that, you know some people are like their brain chemistries work differently. Right. And so like, this isn't a not physical thing. It's a physical thing that has, you know, more potential to be impacted by both pharmacology and therapy. Right. You can't like therapy away an affected wound. (laughs) And so I think, I think that's, what's kind of, you know, tough for people, but it's one of those things where I talked about in that post and it was kind of funny. I basically was talking with a friend and even though I still had, honestly, hesitations, I mean, it took me a while to make that pose. I was talking to her and I said, you know, yeah, sure. You know, all pharmacology has its side effects. Right. And as I go through medical school, there's this constant theme of do the, you know, risk way out. I mean, do the, sorry, do the benefits weigh out the risk. And that's the decision, honestly, we have to make for multiple things. For everything. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, sure, like every medication has some side effect, like that's going to happen. You know, a lot of these to have insurance like have been tested and used for decades now. And so of all medications, you know, some of them we do understand more or less, some of them have more or less side effects, antidepressants for the most part. And of course, they're going to impact everyone differently. You know, again, they're well studied, typically isn't that severe. But really, the question is, how is your quality of life without them? And mm. is that the life that you want for yourself? And maybe, and maybe like, there's no shame in getting help to get to that point. Because I mean, this is not something also you have to go into thinking you're going to take this for the rest of your life. A lot of people use them short term, a lot of yeah. people use them in like, very, very stressful situations in life. And like, we are like as a society are going through so much, you know, with the rise of social media and all these things like self-esteem, social anxieties on a rise. And there's so many valuable tools at our disposal and not utilizing them, you know. I feel like getting to where I need to be like was on a pause because of my mental health. You know, Absolutely. when you Yeah, when you start losing like if you don't really believe in yourself, if you start feeling hopeless, not having motivation, like what drive do you have to make healthy choices in your life? It's like that drive isn't there, you know? But again, health is so multifactorial. Mental health is health. If you are so anxious that it's hard to like go out, interact with loved ones, you know, if you're so depressed, you're afraid you're going to be a burden to loved ones. And so you're not getting that love and that human connection that we all need and deserve. You also are not looking out for your health. And so... You know, I'm, and I'm not going to lie, it it really, it did take me a while. And it's one of those things where when you find what works for you, I honestly like didn't think I could ever live this way. I didn't think I could ever live, you know, before my therapy appointments, there's like a check-in sheet and it kind of assessed kind of like your depressive and like anxiety levels. And there was one box that said like, I believe my worth is like the same as others And that was one of the boxes that every single time I put like, absolutely not. And it wasn't even a question to me. It just like, that was just how my brain worked. It was just like, yeah, of course not. Like I am at such a deficit. I like do so many things wrong, all this stuff. And then when I really got, you know, when I found, you know, some the medications that worked for me, when I got to a better place, now it's like clicking that like doesn't I don't have to think twice about it you know and so just think about how many aspects of my life and health were impacted by the fact that I didn't think I was as worthy as other people you know
1: yeah absolutely so, oh my goodness
2: yeah you I, I can tell I can tell you're hearing me girl and so it's like it in your mental health like many parts of health impact every single component of your life and if you really need the help if you've tried therapy it's not getting you there or maybe therapy isn't as feasible for you right now, now? like you might be holding yourself back from the quality of life that's really meant for you. And kind of like you said, I never want to see like I'm pushing anything again, everything should be personalized. You know, what works for you a lot of times, you know, right now I'm in my psychiatry rotation, public, I mean, sorry, psych health, especially in Texas is like total shit. And so it's like, it's really hard sometimes to get access to therapy that works for you. Sometimes you have to bounce around a therapist until you find one works for you. And at the end of the day, these things should go hand in hand. And I think they should go hand in hand with lifestyle changes and whatnot. But again, sometimes you can't even make those lifestyle changes until you're in a better head space
1: preach that that alone yes i could i'm telling you i didn't realize how crippling how yeah. crippling my anxiety and depression were i couldn't do the most basic shit yeah. the most basic shit this is when i realized the medication was that was kicking in so i was able to go out the week of Thanksgiving and go grocery shopping. And I was in there just like it was nothing. I would have, I've never been able to do that ever, 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 ever. The most basic stuff was just like, I was one of those people that when DoorDash would drop off the food or if I, I would use Instacart because I didn't want to go in a grocery store. Like I didn't want any interaction with people. I was so closed off for a very long time and and I would have my good days and I would thrived so well in my good days. And that's the thing. I was afraid that medication would kind of, I'm so extra. And I was afraid that it would numb me down or make me a zombie, right? I was concerned about
2: that. That's a stereotype. And I think sometimes even now, like I'll watch media and that's still what's being shared. And I think that's one of the most valuable things we can do is debunk that. Like the best way I can explain it, when I first started noticing the effects, it was like the same negative thoughts came up, but I was just able to-
1: uh, huh? I'm from the high.
2: Yeah, you yeah, just push it yeah. the high. Well, I just found myself not I would before I would just marinate and just stew in that and I wow. just felt completely paralyzed and that was the only thing I could do and so it doesn't change how you think or how you act it's like how crippled you are by your negative thoughts.
1: Mm, perfect. Perfect, perfect explanation. Absolutely, <laughs> how it is, and it's funny because it's like a slight numbness. Like th- things used to just make me like everything wanted to. I'm just shaking over everything. Like oh my oh, god, you know. And now it's just like, eh, it's okay.
2: Yeah, I And it's like it. wow, that really bothered <laughs> me before, and like it just doesn't now. And it really, yes. yeah, the smallest things like this is so uh, you know interesting. When you take practice tests, this is super specific. But it's just again, is every time you have those moments of you're like, wait, like this used to like make my heart race and now it does it you know and it's like you know going into that much stress over little things constantly like that's also not healthy for you like that has if you have like a healthy amount of the stress hormone cortisol has been proven to be good but if you have too much of it it's i mean it's a hormone it affects so many different things so again like being depressed or anxious is not benign it's not like nothing to your physical state right and so i remember for practice tests if you click like the wrong thing it will like pop up a box like a comment box mm-hmm. and i remember before if i would accidentally do that i would just like lose my shit like it, i mean obviously it's not logical right mental health is not logical but anytime that happened for me it was like the sensation of something at being out of my control would make me so so uneasy and honestly it's something oh, i'm still man. working on but now it will happen and i'm like oh okay like cancel and it's like no no (laughs) thoughts and I'm like wow like I was really in a place where this like text box would like throw me off and like ruin my night like how surreal is that but again you know it's not logical our brains work in ways that we don't necessarily want them to and again it all comes down to benefits you know overweighing the risk and I think for a lot of people and it's one of those things where like I knew it was bad but like you don't know how bad it is until it gets good and you're like oh wait like (sighs) This was an option to live this way, exactly,
1: (laughs) and that's why I want to share it. You know, even though, like, the reason why I've always been hesitant about—well, not always—because it hasn't been that long. But I was a little hesitant because. I I don't wanna just be like, you know, putting something out without like having any type of regards of how people take it. But one of my listeners, Jay, actually put this in perspective for me. He was saying that a lot of people are out there are self medicating. So this is a better option than them drinking every night, drinking to go to sleep and all of these other things. And so it's it's freeing. It really is. I just had no. I just had no idea. And it. it I, I remember. I had a moment. I don't know if you went through this, but I kind of like mourned. Like I cried for all of the time that yes. I wasted and all the relationships that I kind of just put to the side and how I did take care of myself. And I'm so glad that I kind of. I, I cried for like a few days because I oh. felt like. but I'm so glad I did because now everything is, it feels like amazing now. (laughs) Like everything's a blessing. Yeah, Yeah. You just gave
2: me chills because I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember just all of a sudden, like, even like from my friends to my cats is one of those things where I feel like I was able to appreciate everyone. And I was able to show up for people in my life in a way I've literally never been able to do. Never. And I I love, I mean, I just love humans. I love them so much. Even as you're talking, I'm like, man, I wish I could hug her right now. Like I just yes. love people. And I really feel like I wasn't able to show up. And I remember in a better place, like, no matter how busy I was. I remember one day, literally three different friends came to me and I remember being so grateful because I'm like, you know what? They can probably sense that I'm doing better and that I have the capacity to be there for them because honestly, for a long time, I didn't. But no, I know exactly what you mean. You know, a lot of people ask me like, oh, I don't know how you do social media and medical school. The real question is, how did I do social media and medical school with crippling anxiety? Like, that's the real question. I would listen hours being paralyzed by my mental health. And so now mm. I'm like so much more time in the day.
1: <laughs> you <laughs> know, I always say to myself, so I I, had, yeah, I was able to build a YouTube, this podcast, a blog and social media at my worst. So just mm. imagine what life you, is going to look right? like. Right?
2: Just like your, your whole, uh, and you, and honestly, a similar theme with diet culture where like we spend so much time obsessing what we look like, what we're going to eat. And if you can free yourself from things holding you back, like your potential is going to like have a one eighty, and that's so beautiful.
1: Oh, so and I want that for all of us. Oh, absolutely. We it. absolutely, we absolutely deserve it. Now, you know, I got to talk about this now because you bought it up the medical school and being a content creator. <laughs> you know, I want to know <laughs> what does your process look like because not only are you doing video content, you're doing sponsorships, girl. You are. <laughs> What does it look like?
2: Oh, my gosh. I literally, so I will say, okay, yeah, no, it it makes more sense now that I'm not, you know, spending hours being depressed. But sometimes I still don't really know how I do it. I mean, I want to be straightforward. Like, medical school has been really rough on me. Like, I think about a year in, I really started kind of questioning what I wanted to do, what my place was. And so, like, are my grades absolutely the best? No. Do I have good patient care? Absolutely, okay? Like, I I really care for my patients. (laughs) These tests just have me tripping out here, y'all. Like, it is, they're just too much. Anyway, but so for me, my process, I mean, first of all, I always base everything around my exams. And so usually, like, the week before or, like, two weeks before, depending on the test. So, like, internal medicine is really intense. I think I was off social media for, like, half of that time. Or, like, I have a really big exam coming up. I'm probably going to be off social media for three weeks or so. And so at the end of the day, you know, I made it this far in medical school. I've worked so hard. It's a part of my content creation and a part of, obviously, my career in the future. And so if I'm not prioritizing that, and, like, I, I just can't... People are like, oh, you're so strong. I'm like, no, like, I get too stressed if I'm on social media and have a test coming up. Like, that's... That, to me, like, you know, if I'm not posting, especially to and I'm stressed, I know that my mind's in, like, a weaker place. And so I overcompare. I overanalyze. You know what I mean? And so I've just yeah. been really mindful on how I react to that. So I digress. So other than that, I mean, it's one of those things where it probably isn't good for burnout because it's like the second I have a break from medical school, I usually go hard on content creation. (laughs) And so in our few breaks that we do have, but like, for instance, you know, even tonight, my to-do list. So I, I definitely keep a very... Well, honestly, I think because of my ADHD, like I I keep like three different to-do lists usually, but sometimes it all comes together. So I have a Google calendar where I have kind of main things and I use my iPad to write like a daily to-do list. And then sometimes, too, if I really need structure, I'll kind of open a notes app and kind of write, like, what order I'll do things in just because I kind of need that structure. But but typically, a lot of times I'll even separate my to-do list between, like, school and social media, and I'll kind of just, like, layer them on. And a lot of it, again, is being mindful. So, like, I really lose my focus at night And so studying, especially like a hard topic, is going to be tough. And so I'll do like, even tonight, I need to edit a video. And so I save that. I just finished studying. I save the video till the end. And so it's really kind of working with what works with my mind and my schedule that works out. I mean, I think the hardest part is just sometimes just creating the content. And honestly, I mean, I think what's tricky is that I love my page so much and I see so much potential in it.
0: But especially
2: when I know I have a break coming up, it's so hard for me to prioritize it, especially like right now, for instance, like I have my psych test, but then I have this really big test. And so I'm feeling very overwhelmed. And so it's one of, and I know I'm going to take a break. And so I feel like a part of me is kind of like, it's hard for me to really prioritize too much stuff right now, but I'm taking a break anyway. And so I feel like I've kind of accepted my losses a little bit, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really about structure. I mean, if we're being totally honest, Okay. I want to say that I'm very, very happily single, but I will say if I wanted to date, I feel like that'd be very hard to fit into my schedule. (laughs) Especially (laughs) because when I do have the downtime, like I just want to be with my friends. And so I will say being single definitely helps the situation. Yeah,
1: definitely. And childless too. Childless.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Childless, you know, no partner, definitely makes things easier. And that's another thing too. I feel like when I was at my worst mental place, I felt like you know, I still was pretty happily single. It still kind of felt like that was something missing. But now I don't feel like anything's missing. Now that I've gotten my mental health under control, this is kind of a tangent. But but that feels amazing, you know, is that I I feel so fulfilled by everything I'm doing. I feel so fulfilled by the people in my life. And obviously when, you know, things happen, they happen and I'm open to it. But, you know, I'm really not mad at kind of where I'm at. But I digress. So long story short... You know, figure out to do lists that work for you in your mind. You know, figure out when you have the capacity to do what work. Yeah. And just, I think, just being really structured, you know, I have a lot of communication back and forth with my manager, with companies. And so, you know, I have various spreadsheets. <laughs> but, and so, yeah. And so I think I just have to be really organized and really also be very straightforward with companies. Like, I had to be very, very strict. Like, if there's a cutoff or something, like, unless it's like a specific situation, like you can't have wiggle room or else they're going to like use that. But I mean, usually I'm like, I'm in medical school. Like I feel like they usually can't really question that. Like, what are you going to do? Like make sure like I fail tests and can't graduate from medical school. Right. But yeah, you know, and at the end of the day, I just, I am just so, so grateful that I've been able to get to where I am, work with companies because I mean, at the beginning of medical school, like your girl was Broke, broke. Like I was putting rent on like credit cards, and like the fact that I've been able to support myself through medical school with my social media, like has just allowed me so much less stress. It allows me to, you know, figure out what really where my place is after medical school. That works for me, and I'm just like my gratitude. I can't even express it because it's just so. I'm so overwhelmed by
1: it. So, oh, like it's real I'm sure. Like you never probably thought that when you started your page that that was even a possibility
2: at all. I was just making it because I felt like I had the skill set. I felt like, you know, liking health, liking public health. I was like, oh, where's the public at? Like on social media. And so I was like, if I want to reach them, if I want to educate, that just makes the most sense. And so I'm, you know, I'm glad I stuck with that and that that intuition because I feel like it really is, you know, the present and the future of how we're going to reach people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We have to talk about the the your focus, because I know that you as far as when you finish school and in your residency, I know this is probably a couple of a few years off, but I still want to <laughs> talk about it because I know that, of course, because you've had this bi- vision to be a doctor since you were in high school. You have so much emphasis on on your page, of, like you talk a lot about medical racism and just in- inequality in public health in general. And also, you talk a lot about bringing nutrition to the forefront in your in your field because, of course, you guys are you you're diagnosing and prescribing, not necessarily doing any preventative work. So, mm-hmm. what do you? What do you what are your views on that? What do you plan yeah. to do? I know this is probably kind of, I know that's loaded. I know it's, I kind, know. it's, it's so funny. because oh. every the pandemic it's kind of hard to like think so far ahead <laughs> because at least yeah. for me, like I only think like a couple of years ahead. It's hard to think oh, beyond that. Yeah. It. Yeah. So much has happened in the last few years. But yeah, share whatever you want to about that.
2: Yeah, let's get into it. I mean, honestly, I giggle because you just kind of mentioned the fact that I just have so many interests and it's so true. And but it's, it's always been thing. me. I mean, yeah, I just yeah,
1: no, this is all links. it's all linked it's all linked exactly really is. exactly
2: and that's why you know on my profile i feel like i really like my bio and it's and it says like exploring the complexity of health and wellness and i think that really encompasses a lot of my goals because you know we present things like eat better exercise like all these blanketed statements without diving into the nuance and like People don't live in blanketed, like we live in the gray area. That's where every single person lives, right? And so moving forward, so like I said, I did honestly question medicine for a little bit. It was just one of those things where when you have a field that claims to care about health and then you see the conditions that they put their healthcare workers in, it's really hard to kind of accept that irony, especially when you're the one suffering through it. And so that was really confusing for a while. And then on top of the fact of, yeah, like all these things that bugged me in healthcare, like seeing them up close and personal, seeing them impact patients was honestly heartbreaking. And so like that with the burnout, with the ridiculous hours, I just did not see myself, you know, moving forward for a while. But then luckily I got to family medicine, which is more primary care. And I was able to really talk with patients, really experience embrace all different parts of their health and i found that very satisfying and i found that i was very natural at that which i was hoping would be the case and so that's when the moment i was like okay i think there's still a place for me in medicine and so basically right now what i'm looking at applying to is actually called a preventive medicine residency so for anyone not familiar basically it's medical school which is four years in the u.s and then it's residency And residencies where someone becomes like a pediatrician or, you know, like a psychiatrist, yeah, that's your specialty. And then you can further specialize from there. And so there's a lesser known specialty uh, residency program called preventative medicine. And so it's less traditional which is really cute. I was telling my friend about that. and She was like, traditional was never for you. And I was like, I <laughs> love that. because Honestly, there's no truer sentence about me. But yeah, so basically, it's like one year of like general medicine, and then two years of preventative medicine. And because it's so new, honestly, a lot of programs are pretty flexible. So I really hope to really explore in like nutrition disparities. And like, yeah, I think For me, the best way I summarize what I'm passionate about and what I see pushing me forward are like psychology, nutrition, public health, and intersectionality. Those are like the four pillars that I feel like I will always stand on. And when I say psychology, I mean again, like the impact of mental health on all other things, right? Disordered eating, which impacts. I'm convinced, honestly, at least a third of everyone. But it's not always easy to study when a lot of disordered eating is just considered like normal societal actions. Uh, But I digress as a different question answer situation. And so yeah, and so it's one of those things where like so much of that has always been my driving force, and just how I see it executed is really what I'm trying to figure out. No matter what. I'm not really going to be thinking about what the next steps are until like three years of residency. And so that's honestly giving me the most amount of calm, but I definitely see myself, you know, keeping social media as a big part. You know, I hope to get into YouTube. I hope to create like workshops for, you know, both, people, but also like providers, both on like culinary medicine on size inclusive healthcare, And so and then speaking of culinary medicine, I do hope that culinary medicine is a big part of my career. And I really want to create like personalized culinary medicine classes. And so the thing about preventative medicine is that I think it's putting me in the direction to have a lot of personal and professional freedom. And that's what I really crave, because I really think that that will allow me um, the capability to just be able to impact the most amount of people in the way that I see fit with my personality and quality of life. And I'm just really excited. You know, I hope to really kind of uplift a lot of, you know, thing like canned foods and frozen foods and things that are less accessible while also like uplifting the voices of those who have historically had significant disparities in healthcare. And I think that's a lot of my page too is really creating space for these conversations that aren't always talked about because there's one way to not feeling courage to like progress with your health and wellness is to not see yourself ever represented or see your problems Mm. ever talked about. And that's really a big goal as I move forward. So clearly not concrete in any way, but I I definitely have my foundation, my morals. I know I have the drive. I have big dreams for where my social media will go. And I know that 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 foundation is going to take me where I need to be.
1: Yes! Oh my gosh! I'm so excited to watch this. It's going to be incredible. I'm so excited. You have to tell us how can we follow you on social media and tell us any other way that you would like us to support you.
2: Yeah. So I mean, I'm basically just on Instagram. Social media. I know. I know. I, know. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. In a perfect world, if I was smart and strategic, I would be on TikTok. But your girl does not have again the anxiety. <laughs> it not is like idea yeah. of being on another app I, like makes me want to just like barf anyway but can't you, I will say, you can't repurpose what you have for instagram on tiktok and this oh, is from somebody who doesn't really use that's TikTok. my friend <laughs> my friend is always telling me that and for some reason that's still feel because like, here's the issue is that the perfectionist in me which i know she needs to like calm down is that tiktok has a, so, a different style and tone and i feel like i want to create things for that style and tone and that's not I my agree. instagram And so that's where the trickiness lies because I want to be strategic. But at the end of the day, I know I'm hurting myself. It's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. But basically, yeah. So Beats by Brooke, the food beats. So B-E-E-T on Instagram. And honestly, the biggest way to support me is going to be, you know, with those paid posts, liking them, you know, sharing them to a friend and just be like, hey, look at this or whatever. Or just like, just ignore this. (laughs) putting your
1: stories,
2: sharing our stories, like the post, leave a
1: comment, say yummy, it looks good. I love this, I'm going to try it. It goes so far. It goes
2: so far. People don't (laughs) always understand that. But then if you just keep a lookout, I actually do plan to do kind of like a subscription type service. You know, for those, I do a lot of like educational like questions on my stories and that honestly takes hours of my time. And so I know people have asked about I'm to support me. And so I hope to kind of have some kind of service, you know, starting really low because I want You know, I never want money to be a barrier for people, but to where, you know, I can give monthly resources for things that I found interesting. You know, I've already kind of been keeping notes on that to host, you know, live, you know, culinary medicine classes for subscribers and just stuff like that. So just keep an eye out that's something you might be interested in. I think it would just be a really fun way to make, you know, create stuff in mind of those who are, you know, willing and able and wanting to support me in that way. And that's definitely one of the plans I have for the future.
1: That's dope. So you're talking about the YouTube subscription, right? No. So like I you actually can do the private have... stories or are you talking about something else?
2: Oh see no, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't I'm like very I only know Instagram. No, I mean like Instagram. Oh.
1: Well
2: I mean like a Patreon type
1: system. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be dope. I That's thought you meant warm. like, because they have yeah. this option on Instagram since you don't want to go to other platforms where oh. you can actually, you can pay like between 3 and $12 a month, whatever you choose. And then you they get separate stories from everyone else. So you oh, can have- I did not know that was a Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised Instagram didn't even tell you to do it because they sent it to me and I was like, no, th- oh, I don't see how we use it. But yeah.
2: Interesting. Yeah, yeah I, think I think right, right now- in my mind things are kind of on like a slow decline to a pause with my test. But when I get back on, I'll look at that. I wanna make sure, you know, that they're not taking like a big fee. Like I'd rather kind of do my own Good thing. Girl, you already know they are. Stop. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and honestly, Instagram be doing content careers dirty all the time. So yes, they do. yeah, we'll <laughs> see. But I'll definitely I'll definitely look into that. Thanks. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So thank you so, so, so much for being on the show. This was incredible. I'm so glad that we had a chance to connect in this way. And I, hopefully we can connect in person. when I'm sure I'll like that when the world opens back up, it'll be a conference or something. We'll run yes. or a veg fest or something we'll see each other at. So I look forward Absolutely. to that.
2: Absolutely. I cannot wait. I just want to like give you the biggest hug. I'm so glad we did this. Just looking forward to connecting, moving forward. Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to make it easy for others to find us. Also, tell a friend. Be sure to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag Brown Vegan. Thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you next week.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently.